find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the Masterclass. As you know, it's me, Haydar Obani. I'm joined by Rob Blanchett. Guys, you can follow us on at TF Masterclass, at Haydar underscore Obani, and at underscore Rob underscore B. Rob, we are here for a Brendan Rogers special. The news today is, uh, it's just going mad, isn't it, on Twitter. Brendan Rogers is being linked to the Manchester United job. We have Sir Alex coming out as well. We'll talk about that in a sec. But Rob, what are your initial thoughts on the idea of Brendan Rodgers as Manchester United manager? And uh, there is a bit of an uproar, isn't there? People saying, oh, he's an ex-Liverpool lad and all this sort of stuff. But uh, when we break him down, it's actually a lot more positives and negatives to Brendan Rodgers at Manchester United. Yeah, I always think that if you're looking for a new coach, then you've got to go far and wide. You've got to look at all your best options and kind of put them all on a table and think about what's best for your football club today and tomorrow. Now, I said about Brendan Rodgers really in the last week or two, and I've said it previously, is that he's a very, very good coach. The issue with Brendan Rodgers, of course, is that to get him out on Leicester is going to cost you a lot of money. And we know that the Glazers don't like paying compensation to go and get coaches. They generally go for guys that are available. Hence why we've talked a lot about Antonio Conte over the pre last week or two. And that's been the general consensus about uh, the bookies' favourite, who's, who's actually United really looking at well the truth is United are looking at several managers and they're sifting through really the paperwork you know it's like how do we get this guy how do we get that guy where do we go so with Brendan Rodgers it's emerged really that Manchester United are very interested in him that they're prepared to go and talk to Leicester uh, about potential compensation package and then of course it's whether you can lure the manager to the football club Um, it's strange that United fans um their wants and their needs, you know, like, again, our glamour football club, everything has to be glamorous. Well, Brendan Rodgers isn't glamorous. But is he the right guy for the job? Well, we're going to look at that today. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on it, Rob, that there are reports, especially ESPN today, they came out with the exclusive, didn't they, that there were doubts about Antonio Conte from senior figures at Manchester United. Not to do with him tactically or not to do with him as a coach. I mean, his record is exemplary but more to do with the fact that there's, they believe there might be temperamental issues. I mean, for me, I think that's nonsense. And I think that when you're looking and comparing Rodgers and Conte, there are obvious benefits to Rodgers, but I also th- feel that maybe the board are thinking, oh, well, Rodgers is an easier character to get on with. Conte will come in and say, this is not good enough, this is not good enough, this is not good enough. And that's what I think what the club needs, Rob. We've had the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer where it's keeping everyone happy and keep everyone on side. But I want to see a little bit more fire. But... Rob, before we do go into that, I'm going to read out the quote from Brenda Rogers today. And uh, we've got the graphic up on the screen. This is you've quoted this, you've tweeted this. Um, but this is a question being asked directly to Rogers regarding the Manchester United link. And he said, I don't even think about it. I'm sure the supporters are probably tired of it. There is always a link. 
My focus is always here with Leicester and developing the football club and challenging for honours. The staff and the players all have the same vision. And I do want to bring in, you did a poll as well. We had over a thousand votes on that. You did that today. And it said, you said, who would you prefer to be the next Manchester United manager? This was to all the fans on Twitter. Conte Rogers and Conte came out 64% unsurprisingly. Rogers 36. So what's your initial thoughts? Let's be honest. These are really basic and uh, quite normal quotes to hear. <laughs> He's not going to turn around and say, I want the job. But I'd imagine if Manchester United do come for Brendan Rogers, he will be very, very interested. Yeah, I think he's spoken in the past about his aspiration to manage at the very top again. So we're going to talk a little bit later on about his time at Liverpool and whether that was a success or a failure and how that went for him at a genuine super club. Like, you know, you have teams, don't you? And then you have maybe an elite set of clubs, maybe five or ten of them around the world that would fall into that super club category. Manchester United are absolutely one of them. Um, he said there with the the quote that he gave at his press conference today on Friday, uh, it was bog standard. It's what you expected. Um, it wasn't a surprise that he was asked about it, obviously, with the breaking news earlier on in the day. But also just looking at the poll there, that poll is only like an hour or two old in terms of Twitter time. Um, a thousand people there. So it's good to kind of see what people want because I think it develops. So, for instance, when I did a poll only a week ago, only 24% of Man United fans wanted Antonio Conte. They didn't want him. They didn't want him because he plays a system that's not very Manchester United. He's an ex-Chelsea coach. He's kind of stylistically doesn't fit what United fans generally want. Here we go a week later, and Antonio Conte is now the favourite amongst Manchester United fans. 64%, two-thirds uh, want him at the football club. But is that just in terms of comparison to Brendan Rodgers? So you'll see some more content from us later on in the week. Uh, about comparing Rogers and Conte to other managers, notably Zinedine Zidane. So look out for that we're on our channel. But kind of comparing the two guys today, we're going to just focus on Rogers and what his system is and what he does. Because it's very easy to maybe pull out the points of maybe failure at Liverpool. Um, some people say failed at Leicester, though. I wouldn't say that. I think he's had a limited budget there and he's formed a really, really good team. Uh, and Leicester are always in the conversation. And yet it was only a few days back, you know, going days really, of when Leicester absolutely whooped Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, I want to discuss the the rumours again, or the, the reports that have come out again. And I do want to single out what uh, Manchester Evening News wrote. So they said that Ma Brendan Rodgers' chances of becoming Manchester United's boss are being talked up, and it seems he would have the approval of Sir Alex Ferguson. Now, the pair have a good relationship, and this might surprise a few United fans, but Rogers child for United as a 14-year-old, and he kept in touch with Fergie as he moved into management, and Sir Alex wrote to him you know, after he had his sacking at Reading at the beginning of his career. So you're, you're looking at all this. Um, I'll be honest with you, and this might upset a few Manchester United fans, Rob, but I don't want Sir Alex Ferguson, and I absolutely love him, to be... As for that to be the reason why Manchester United signed someone. It's sentimentality. Again, this club is, has been riddled with sentimentality for me for eight years. Manchester United should be choosing the best manager for the job. I think Brendan Rodgers is a fantastic manager. Does he close the gap at the top? Yes. Does he? Is he better than Pep and Tuchel and and um, and Klopp? No, I don't think so. And I think, you know, I don't, I'm not too sure whether he is the manager that's going to take United all the way to the, to the you know, trophies and, and to the end point. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of akin to agree with you on the statement about Fergie. But what I will kind of point out, and I think it's really important to point out, is that Sir Alex Ferguson's got no power at Manchester United. Like when I say no power, I mean no power. This is a board 
that doesn't talk to Fergie in those terms. Now, it's very easy to play the PR game when you're going to go and sign Ronaldo. It's a nice little story that they had a few texts and, you know, the boss says, come on, Cristiano, come home. It makes a nice story for a day or two and that's that. The truth is Manchester United do not consult Sir Alex Ferguson in that capacity. They might have conversations, but in terms of true consultancy about what they want and the kind of character that they want, that's more what it's about now. So Brendan Rodgers does fit, I think, the profile of the type of manager that they want. The one thing that Rodgers really misses out on, of course, is a glut of trophies. Now, you just compared him there and you kind of just said, you know, is he better than Pep or, or Klopp? I don't think anyone is. I don't think anyone's on those two guys' levels. You know, I think Tuchel may be the closest. But it was only a year ago, I think we would have all said that Tuchel was nowhere near those two. You know, he did win the Champions League. So he kind of got that monkey off his back. But I still think that those two guys, Klopp and Guardiola, they're in a league of their own. So you've got to look at everyone else. I think Conte is near there in terms of his tactical output or how he builds his teams in the short term. Is he a long-term coach? Well, we've questioned that. We said we don't know. Two to three years down the line, who knows? But I think Rodgers certainly is closer to what United would want to do in terms of still pushing their academy, still pushing their agenda over the last two or three years, um, having a new director of football, which is obviously in place now, and having a coach that works with that. All of those things do lean towards Brendan Rodgers rather than Antonio Conte. And you mentioned Antonio Conte, Rob, on the screen. I've got a graphic and it's Brendan Rodgers' managerial record versus Antonio Conte's. I think this is a really interesting graphic to have a look at. And you can see that they've actually managed a similar number of games. Conte's just 20 games more. But when you look down and you have a look at the goals scored, I mean, Antonio Conte is seen as a defensive manager. Brendan Rodgers is seen as an attacking manager. But you have a look at it here and... Conte's outscored uh, Rogers by 100. His teams have outscored Rogers' teams by 100 goals. Again, the defense is meaner as well, about 80 goals less. And then you look at the win rate as well, 67.7% for Antonio Conte. Staggeringly good for his career. Rogers again, 47.8%, Rob, across his career. When you look at the clubs he's managed, is actually a very good return. And we will go through those clubs uh, and uh, we will look at his time there. But the interesting one is the trophies. Yes, Rogers, you have to put an asterisk against it because he was at set, uh, in the... Scottish Premier League with Celtic um, and Conte's obviously managed uh, bigger clubs as well. So you, you can have a look at he's had maybe an easier ride there. But uh, all in all, what are your thoughts on this graphic and, and this comparison between the two uh, lead runners for the Manchester United job? Well, if you were going to just pick a manager on this kind of statistical information, you're only picking one, aren't you? You're picking Conte over Rodgers. One of the things I said in our previous video was that sometimes it's not a case of picking who is right for your club or what you is your, your ideal coach to come in. It's about picking the best man. So this graphic would suggest that Conte is the better man, the better coach, not just because of win rate, but you look at the trophies. Obviously, Conte's trophies are bigger than Rogers. I'm not counting any of the Scottish trophies. I'm not really interested in them. I don't think it's really applicable in today's language when we talk about football. But when you kind of look at things like goals for and goals against, I think Rogers has obviously managed at a lower level in terms of English football and what he's done uh, and, and kind of worked his way up. He's a kind of traditional British tracksuit manager. That's what he is. But he's a guy who's got tactics. So that would lend itself to the question again of, who is the guy to run your team? Who's the best manager for your club? 
I'm talking in terms of the board. I'm not talking about you and me, Haydar. It's not our opinion. It's not Twitter fans' opinion. This is about what the board are looking at. And we're trying to kind of crunch the numbers to see if it's applicable. Well, Brendan Rodgers is not a bad candidate. He's a very, very good candidate. 255 games uh, as a coach. Also came through the system uh, in other places. Worked under Jose Marino, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And when you compare him against Conte, it's not a million miles difference. What you're comparing really is personalities. Is that Antonio Conte has a reputation of being a little bit more of a divisive personality, maybe doesn't work as well with boards in real time. We've debunked some of that, but United will be worried about it because United are a very conservative board. You know, they would rather not have wars with their manager, not get into it publicly. And they would like a coach that maybe came in and was a little bit more frugal. And I think Rogers would be more frugal than Conte. But both very, very good managers. And I think Rogers is deserving of being linked to the Manchester United job. Both very, very good managers and both managers, Rob, who would improve Manchester United. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. But uh, you mentioned Jose Mourinho. Let's talk about Jose Mourinho because he did war with the board, didn't he? And, uh, you know, that didn't end too well for Manchester United. But this might uh, surprise a few fans, but he does, Rogers does cite Mourinho as a huge impact on his career. When he was at Reading, he was uh, the director of the academy there and Jose Mourinho was very fond of him, rated him very, very highly. And Rogers did say this about Jose Mourinho, Rob, so I do want to bring this up the quotes from him himself he said I think Jose made a huge impression on me when I went to Chelsea along my journey I've had a lot of mentors that first spell when he was there he had great charisma he can manage that really well between management the coaching side and the detail of his work I mean look this was peak Jose Mourinho we didn't get that Jose Mourinho at Manchester United and we all know what Jose Mourinho was like when he first came to uh, the Premier League he also said we were never totally aligned in terms of the way we'd seen the game we had a lot of similarities. That's a very interesting last line, Rob. We were aligned in the terms of the way that we've seen the game. So when I actually looked at this quote again, I haven't got the full full quote, but I'm going to bring up bits. He said, you know, in terms of how they communicate with players, how they manage the players, but tactically they were different. So let's break that down. What are your thoughts on that? Because we do know that Rogers' side are fantastic in possession. They're not going to sit there and camp um, like a Jose Mourinho side and then hit you on the break. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers is very much well-known in football as a Jose guy. He's a Jose guy. There's no doubt about it. They are friends. Uh, Mourinho was his mentor. They remain friends to this day, and there's no issues with that. Um, and, and don't forget that peak Jose was a, a top world-class coach. That's why I advocated for him when he came to the football club. Um, there's no kind of issues with any of that. And what happened afterwards doesn't really matter in the context of what we're talking about. I think Brendan Rodgers, in terms of their systems, um, he, he, he kind of plays Mourinho football from maybe 10 years ago. So there is a kind of statistic, like maybe a stylistic um, comparison that we can make there. But we're going to look more in depth at Rogers' tactics and what he's been doing in the last two or three years and also what he did at Liverpool. And I think when you see it, it's not too far away from what Jose used to do. And it's probably closer to what Conte does now. But obviously Rogers is a is a UK-based manager, Premier League-based manager. And there's there's some additional context because he's a coach at a club that's got big ambitions, maybe less expectations, but have proved over the last two or three years, that they can pretty much beat anyone on their day. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Rob. And uh, let's bring up this graphic here. So we're going to talk about um, Rogers' journey to Leicester City. So before we talk about the graphic, I do want to talk about his career. So we just mentioned here that he was the director 
of uh, the academy at Chelsea, working under Jose Mourinho. Then he went to Watford, and in that season, he saved them from relegation and then was picked up by Reading. He didn't stay there long, though, Rob, and he sort of left them above the relegation zone in the championship, and then he went to Swansea, and funnily enough, he won the playoff final against Reading, against Brian McDermott's side, and then he had a really good time at Swansea. They were a side that played fantastic football, and obviously they had that succession name. Michael Ladrup came in after, but uh, Rogers really built uh, the foundations there for Swansea as a side who were known for their beautiful possession-based football. And then after that, Rob, you saw him go to Liverpool. Now, we're going to break down the Liverpool tactics uh, nearer the end. But uh, there is this idea amongst Man United fans, I don't want an ex-Scouser. I don't want an ex-Liverpool person at the club. And there's also this idea that, uh, you know, we should never accept someone that's been there. Well, so Matt Busby played for Liverpool. Wayne Rooney, our top scorer, is from Liverpool, obviously from the blue side. So what are your sort of thoughts on that, that sticking point with Man United fans where they're maybe not even looking at the whole situation objectively and just looking at where he ended up um, as, a, uh, as a Liverpool manager? Well, it's why football fans generally don't run football clubs for that reason, because you can't really make an emotional decision on that. Now, you can have a preference. You could say, we've got two, three, four guys and I prefer this guy to that guy. No issue with that. But if you're going to discount Brendan Rodgers because of his time at Liverpool then that's kind of foolhardy. As you said there, Samat Busby was a Liverpool player and a big Liverpool player, someone that, that was well-liked at, at Anfield. Wayne Rooney is a scouser and will always be a scouser and is our top goal scorer of all time. So there's always going to be those little links with Liverpool that we really shouldn't worry about. I think it is notable to kind of say that Rodgers' time at Liverpool didn't end particularly well, but with the resources that he had at that football club and the rebuilding exercise that he did... Um, it's kind of a little bit similar to Solskjaer. So when Solskjaer came in, kind of a club on its knees, lots of toxicity, having to build from the bottom up and finding a way. Obviously, when you look at Liverpool, they'd gone through the Benitez era. They had won trophies. That wasn't the problem. We'd say Manchester United have, have also won trophies under Mourinho. But what you found was that the fabric of the club was damaged. And I think that when you talk to anyone from Liverpool, and I have, I've spoken to people who run the football club and have been, you know, uh, from uh, from the upper echelons of the t of the club, that that they all say that Rodgers did a really good job. They all say that Rodgers did a really good job, and he's now an even better manager than he was back then. So I think that that's really important because manager development is a really big thing, and I think you, you need to get a coach at the right time in his career. And I think the Liverpool job probably came two or three years a little bit too early for Rodgers. But Liverpool did identify him as a tactician, as a coach that could take them forward playing a good brand of football, as you noted there. Swansea played really, really good football under him. The, the Celtic side of it, I'm not, as I said, not really interested in it. I kind of think that's a little bit of a football holiday. Sorry, Celtic fans, if you're watching. But it's more of a case of what he's done in the Premier League and how he did it. I liked his Liverpool team in terms of the football they played. I didn't like Liverpool. But I think Rodgers, there is this thing now, Liverpool fans look back on the Rodgers era and they do say the similar same things. And that is, he wasn't good enough. Well, for Liverpool, it wasn't because they weren't winning anything. And now they've got Jurgen Klopp. So there's a difference there. But there isn't a Jurgen Klopp out there for Man United at the moment. So you've got to shop around in different precincts and find yourself a coach that fits your system and the way you want to play football. Something that gets thrown around about Brendan Rodgers is that he built the foundations for Jurgen Klopp's side to, to really take to the next level. And that's where, for me, I look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and maybe two, three, four years' time, I will be saying the same thing, Rob. I do think that Rodgers is a better tactician than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but there is definitely similarities in that respect. 
But uh, let's talk about, and you see the graphic on the screen. This is uh, Leicester formation, 4-1-4-1. Just to note here, we're, we're talking about this formation because this is more of the preferred approach for Rodgers at his time at Leicester City. And it has got Chilwell there. But uh, Rob, look, I think some of the main bits tactically and systematically when it came when it comes to Brendan Rodgers' Leicester side, a lot of domination of possession is key. They like to exploit opposition weaknesses with their high press and they can counter-attack down the channels. All things that we want to see from Manchester United, really. And we're not seeing that at the moment. And you look at the quality. I mean, look at this team here. It's a decent side, I would say. It's a good side. But you look at the quality Manchester United have. I think one of the key things is that Rodgers has also had a very aggressive approach to 4-2-3-1. You can see here 4-1-4-1. So when you're looking at this, the system we're playing at the moment with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that is transferable. You see here as well, there's strong foundations in terms of the fact that there's Ndidi, Evans and Suyuncu in that bit of that triumvirate. And that gives Rodgers aside the platform to go and attack and to, to be much more aggressive, especially in the press. But what was the key, what are the key sort of things that you've seen from Rodgers at Leicester, which makes you think, you know what, he could be a really good fit at Manchester United? Well, one of the things that he said after his team absolutely slapped Manchester United very recently in that game um, at King Power was that his philosophy is about being aggressive. Like I said there, that's the philosophy of Brendan Rodgers' teams is that he wants his teams to be set up, be organised, be defensively sound, but be aggressive, go forward, find ways to get shots off, to score goals. And Leicester are always dangerous. So looking at the system we've got up here is his preferred 4-1-4-1. One defensive midfielder and indeed Now, we talked about this in comparison with Ole before, haven't we? About what a defensive midfielder does. So if you've got Ndidi in there, you're going to have someone that sits in there. So it almost becomes five at the back at times. But it means indeed he's got the space to just go and address any midfielders or any attackers in that zone. And when you look at the four and the one in front of him, it's interesting with the shape because it's really actually more 4-3-3. Madison and Tealersmans will drop in with Ndidi and have a kind of more of that triangle shape, as you see there. And Barnes and the right winger, because Iosi is not there anymore, will go forward and kind, kind of link with Vardy and feed him through the channels. So that's the shape. And it is an aggressive shape. You know, even though you've got a real kind of defensive uh, kind of weight at the back there and you, you should be pretty solid coming out from the back, you're going to play in the right areas, you're going to attack in the right areas and you're going to push the ball so he has been playing 4-2-3-1 this season, the same system as Manchester United is it the same? No it's not and this is why we talk tactics because his 4-2-3-1 is more Nindidi and Tillersmans and Tillersmans doesn't really play it the same way that Fred and McTominay does Tillersmans goes and plays up the pitch so that's his version of 4-2-3-1. I think he would modify that at Manchester United. He would kind of take the team from a 4-2-3-1 into something that looked more like this, a 4-1-4-1 with an out-and-out -out defensive midfielder. That would mean that United would then have to go and buy that defensive midfielder. And as I've said, I think week after week for a long time, is that if United bought a defensive midfielder and played Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's 4-2-3-1, it would kind of be a waste. You wouldn't be able to play. You'd have to play this system. And Ole hasn't shown anything that he wants to really play 4-1-4-1. That's not, something, not a system that he kind of leads towards. So I think with Rodgers, I think the personnel at Manchester United are pretty much on for what he would have. Like you could play Bruno Fernandes in this system. You could play Ronaldo in this system. You could play Rashford wide. You could play um, uh, Sancho in two or three positions here. You could play Greenwood. It's just about kind of getting the players on the pitch in the right area. You don't have that out-and-out -out defensive midfielder, but he would probably start with a 4-2-3-1 at Man United. Something I do like about Rodgers, though, Rob, is that he's 
tactically flexible as we mentioned three formations and we're gonna we're doing some more content later aren't we rob and we will compare them to conte's because rogers has played three at the back so that's another thing great tactical flexibility what i like about his lesser side is they can do both you know they can counter they can dominate possession um you know they can um they they're very well organized as well in terms of uh out of possession, compact, you know, and that's what we've not seen from Manchester United. We saw the Liverpool game where United were not compact at all and it was very, very poor. But um, Rob, we're going to move on now to his Liverpool team and there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of uh, size and uh, a lot of people upset about this. But Rob, we have to talk about this side because his Liverpool side in that 2013-14 uh, season were runners-up in the Premier League. They scored 101 goals. United haven't hit the 100-goal barrier at all since Sir Alex has gone. And uh, you can see here on the screen that he set up in a 4-1-2-1-2. Simon Gerrard sat in a deep position at the base of the midfield of the diamond. You had John Henderson providing the energy. And then uh, you had the creativity of Philip Coutinho. You had Suarez and Daniel Sturridge, an incredible geo, let's be honest. And Sterling as well had a really big breakthrough season playing in just behind. What were your thoughts on the Liverpool side? I mean, look, they were they were devastating they were devastatingly good. They were, they scored a lot of goals. They weren't particularly good defensively. You look at that defense, you know, of Sacco and uh, Skirtle, not particularly brilliant. But uh, what I was impressed with this Liverpool side is that the fact that they were great in possession, Rob. You know, they were patient in, in their build-up as well. But they were also able to play direct because you had that pace of Sturridge and play that long ball in behind. So they were very, they had a lot of variations to their game. Yeah, it's quite interesting looking at this team because obviously it's a team I don't look at much. You know, I, I know what Liverpool did back then. I was working their games uh, and everything like that. But when you look at that team there, you can see why it failed. It's because the back four and the goalkeeper are not particularly good, are they? It's a bad back four. So this was a time, I think, when Rodgers had trouble recruiting a defender. It was something that Liverpool were not really interested in. But you look at the front six from Gerard upwards, Gerard Henderson, Coutinho, Sterling, Suarez and Sturridge, and he put together that front six pretty good isn't it and it's kind of the system that if you looked at United's players they would fit that six you know United have got players to service that function the shape is more actually 4-2-2-2 something that you see that Southampton do now and that's a kind of very narrow system because you're not really playing with wingers this doesn't lend itself to, to wing play, does it? It's kind of a, a defence and an attack mechanism. And this was a few years ago, so the game has changed since. But I think what it shows, again, as you highlighted, is that he's got different tactics. He can do different things. And I think at Manchester United at the moment, we're just stuck in the mud with a system that we want it to be one thing, it's actually another, and United's players are showing that they can't really break through that glass ceiling to find ways of making it work. And I think that's where Ole's downfall will be, and we'll see in the next two or three games whether Solskjaer can rescue anything from it. But I think when you look at what Rodgers did at Liverpool, um, and you look at the, the way that he set up, I think he always gave his attacking players freedom so he gave them freedom in the right areas but he also set them up properly he allowed that system to work so you look at the midfield again let's just compare that because i think manchester united's problems have come from midfield lots of talk and chatter about that every week and you've got their gerard who is a progressive player playing as a defensive midfielder yeah dropping back in so it shows that you can play progressive players in defensive positions as long as they do the work and gerard of course was a hard-working player and then that allowed Henderson to kind of support Gerrard and drop in and allow Coutinho to go forward and help out with the forwards and that have that kind of balance. And I think that's what 
he would have to do it united he'd have to find that system that allowed you to be firm at the back but fluid up front and i think when you kind of look at the players united have got he could very much do that absolutely rob let's move on now final word let's talk about our opinions on this so We've, we've broken down tactically what Rogers has done at Liverpool and Leicester. I think they're the key ones. He's actually been very flexible, multiple systems, able to play in possession, also able to play on the counter, very organised off the ball as well, out of possession, and a uh, very well-drilled side. He has managed big stars, Steven Gerrard, Luis Suarez, you know, big, big names, Philippe Coutinho, they're big names, and uh, they enjoyed playing under him. I know he did get sacked in the end and he when he went he did lose 6-1 to Stoke as well which was always nice to see but fantastic manager for me though Rob when I'm sitting here I have doubts about you know whether he is the man to take United to trophies is he that top top elite manager like Antonio Conte for me no but if you're looking at the long-term plan and you are thinking we need a manager to come in and stay for four to five years plays a brilliant brand of football well-organized, good tactician. He's got a nice demeanor about him as well, Rob. You know, he, he does talk well in the press. Um, you never hear anything about Brendan Rodgers falling out with players. Not saying Antonio Conte do, does actually doesn't. But when you're looking at that, Rodgers, you can imagine and you can understand why he is attractive to the board and, and to this ownership. Yeah, I'm going to frame it like this for our viewers and for Manchester United fans. There's lots of chat, um, obviously through social media, that people would quite like someone like Ten Hag. You know, there's lots of chat that United fans would quite like a Graham Potter. You know, they've seen bits and pieces and they go, I'd quite like that at my football club. How would that work? Well, I said before, I think, let's take Graham Potter and, and we'll say Ten Hag as well, as we're talking about him. Is that It's not that they're bad coaches. It's about whether they're ready to run a club like Manchester United. So Ten Hag is already an established world uh, giant, but you could say that Ajax, the expectations are nowhere near what they are at Manchester United. Graham Potter's been at Brighton, Swansea, that's it. So he's been in the Premier League, he's done well. I think that Brendan Rodgers fits that middle ground. So Brendan Rodgers has already got top-line experience, not just at Liverpool, but what he's done at Leicester. You know, top four expectations, a team that won the Premier League not so long ago. And he has to manage that. And he still has to do that on a relative shoestring. You know, they don't go out and buy big players. He has to develop them with his squad. He has to find a way with his recruitment team to find good players. And I think it's fair to say that his recruitment at, at Leicester has been phenomenal. Players that people don't know, he's brought them in from, you know, all parts of the world and shown that their Premier League experience doesn't matter and he can find a way to get performances. So he would have an advantage if he came to Manchester United with that because he'd have the budget, he'd have the structure. And the point you just said there as well, he has managed stars. So you could say that Graham Potter hasn't managed stars. You know, don't think Lamperty fits into that into that kind of category, does he? You know, or Marpay. Uh, and when you look at um, Ten Hag, yes, again, Ajax have had very good players. He might get a song out of Donny van der Beek, but he hasn't managed the Ronaldos of this world, the real kind of elite talents. Unfortunately, you can compare Steven Gerrard in that category for his time or when he was a player. So I think that's the kind of way you have to look at it because if you don't, if you want someone that maybe, you know, peps the balloon up and keeps you going and keeps the project going, that is kind of has an academy focus or, or plays the United way. And we've talked about that a lot. Then you're going to find that Rogers is closer in personality fit to that than either Conte or Zidane. 
So we're going to talk in another video soon, uh, which again, you can just see on our channel about Conte, Rodgers and Zidane, because I think they are the three front runners. And it gives United a good choice, doesn't it? You know, it gives United now a kind of a spread of who they should go for. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers, if he got the job tomorrow, he would be an excellent choice. Now, it doesn't mean he's my number one choice. As I said, I would be happy with either Conte or him. But I do think that both Rodgers and Conte do stand ahead of both, say, Sedan and maybe the chasing pack of a Ten Hag or someone like a Potter. I don't think those guys are really viable as it stands. Um, people are now wanting to talk about Pochettino and stuff like that. Again, I think that's while he's at PSG and under contract, that's just not going to happen. But now Manchester United are knocking on the door of Leicester City, there is certainly a conversation to be had about Brendan Rodgers because he's a very, very good coach. And, and I really don't look at trophy halls when you're looking at his type of coach. I think that he could win trophies at Manchester United. I think he could make us a better team. And I think that he's an excellent tactician. And guys, thank you very much for joining us today. This is the Masterclass. Make sure you follow us at, at TF Masterclass. Follow myself at 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 hayda underscore rubani and then rob as well at underscore rob underscore b make sure you hit that like button smash that subscribe button as well turn the notifications on because we've got so much brilliant content coming out rob we've got so many tactical deep dives so you guys will not want to miss that have a fantastic day and we'll see you next time this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network 